or baseball life. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's our number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. David Kaplan, bottom of the hour. Derek Duke, momentarily. Real quick, uh, Nick McNCMIC, fine sponsor of this radio program. We are grateful to them. They asked us to promote all of these farmers' markets throughout central Iowa, uh, two of which go today. You just heard about the one at Capitol Complex from 11 until 1 that goes through the end of September on Tuesdays. But Johnson Farmers Market tonight, 3.30 until 6.30. Uh, that's at the Johnson Town Center. So Johnston and the Capitol Complex, one during the day, one during the evening. Derek Duke will be at Big 12 Media Days. Oh, what a spot to be uh, as they get underway tomorrow. Derek, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on, Derek. How are you? Are you having fun trying to keep up with all of this realignment conversation? Oh, boy, it's been a blast, that's for sure. But you know what? Uh, any, I guess any kind of news is good news because it brings attention to the sport, and it's really it's been fun and exciting to see what kind of unfolds, and now we're kind of in that waiting game process, and now we got media days coming up here shortly, and I always say that's really the unofficial start of the football season for me. Indeed it is, and we couldn't be any more excited about it. Uh, you know, so let me ask you, and I know that you tweeted about it, and I saw the same guy, that uh, that West Virginia blogger, who's thrown a lot of stuff at the wall, very uh, seldom has it stuck so far. But you know that Longhorn Network uh, uh, tweet that he put out there? I don't know if it was him that came up with it or how he got it, but the fact that ESPN may be dangling the Longhorn Network to the Big 12 as a carrot, uh, you know, maybe you don't punish Texas and Oklahoma as much financially and you let them out a little bit early. And if you do that in exchange, we'll turn over the Longhorn Network to you as a third-tier option. I could see that um, gaining some traction. What about you? You know, it, it could be an interesting decision when it comes down to it. Um, obviously, we, we know pretty much what everything's about right now is, is money. Um, that, that's kind of what drives everything. That's what's been driving this whole thing. UCLA and USC obviously left for the Big Ten for a lot of money. Um, that's going to work out for them. For the Big 12, it's gonna. It's a weird, a weird spot because last year, a year ago, you're, if you're Bob Bowlesby, you know he wrote that letter, pretty much saying that ESPN was the kind of the one that started oh, yeah. the whole thing with ESPN and and in uh, Texas and Oklahoma. So they were kind of the instigators of the whole thing. So for me, I kind of have a hard time seeing them mend that relationship mm-hmm. because I still think it's strained, despite you know the Big Twelve Conference having those games on ESPN Plus. Um, I think definitely, without a doubt, if there's a way they can maybe get out of that with a, another streaming program that's going to offer some good money, I would think that the Big 12 would likely turn there. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's hard to rule out anything. Apple TV, Amazon, Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah, those make a whole lot of sense there. And then would it be your major network deal looking to the future? Would it be with Fox? I mean, is that the opportunity and maybe you take a, a game of the week type of thing to an NBC, to a CBS, something along those lines. What do you think kind of ultimately the end game is going to look like as it pertains to TV partners? It's for sure going to be a fight between these these companies. Um, you mentioned Apple and maybe somebody like Amazon gets involved as well in the college football. 
I mean, people don't realize just how big. I mean, Amazon could literally buy ESPN today if mm-hmm. they want to. Yep. Uh, it's just one of those things. But I'm not really sure. You know, I'm thinking maybe it could be Fox, and then sometimes you think maybe it could be ESPN or another streaming service. Uh, you mentioned CBS. I think that's one that's not talked about very often because they just, you know, they're out with the SEC now, and that's coming to an end here. So it's going to be interesting. Maybe they could carry a Big 12 game. That could be interesting as well. Uh, there's so many options and, and so few answers right now. I think we have a ton of questions, but uh, at this moment we're still going to be playing the waiting game. And, and really until the kind of the conference realignment resolves itself, um, I'm not really sure – where these streaming services are, because it's so hard to value these conferences right now because you don't know who's going to be in them by next year. <laughs> That's crazy to say, uh, but you're right. Uh, Derek, do you think that is there any corners of the Big 12 that are having maybe buyer's remorse right now? And and, I, and I'm and i one that uh, applauded Bob Bowlesby for making chicken salad out of you, chicken you-know-what when Oklahoma and Texas left. I liked the four editions uh, in Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, and Houston with the big market. But they're AA school programs, and now that the Pac-12 is down to 10 and the Big 12 – Big 12 would have been down to 10. That would have been a very convenient folding those two together and coming up with 20. Any buyer's remorse for, for snapping up the AAC schools, not knowing the landscape and how it would turn out a year later? You know, I don't think so at this point. Um, we still don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12. And for the record, I love, you know, I'm, I'm for the additions of those schools. I was happy when it was announced. I think the Big 12 had to do that in the time because, you know, without it, you don't know what could have happened this year because I think you needed those teams to stabilize your conference and set up for the future. Um, obviously, there's going to be questions as to what Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati bring. I think bringing in BYU was, I, I think that was an awesome pull for, for the conference because they are a national brand. Um, you know, they are kind of with the big boys. With the, They could fit in with the Texas or the Oklahomas. They're a huge national brand. They have their own TV network. Uh, in a lot of ways, they're kind of like Texas, but I guess in some ways in the Big 12, you don't really want them to be like Texas. Um, but I, I thought it was great to bring in the BYU team. And then with Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, the only kind of the positives I can think moving forward is those are all in these big metropolitan areas. So you're kind of hoping those TV markets, maybe some more interest in college football grows. Um, Cincinnati's been a good program over the years with Luke Bickle out the helm. Uh, Guess Malzahn at UCF now, big-name coach there, uh, seeing how he's going to do. And then obviously we have Dana Holgerson at Houston, uh, who's kind of been turning things around down there. So I think the additions are great. Uh, I'm excited moving forward to see what they can do. And uh, they're already making waves in the re- world of recruiting right now because they're getting some high-profile recruits that they wouldn't normally get either. Well, we put away the crystal ball for the future, and we look at the future of the football season mm. next with Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports. Derek, let's get into things, and let's start at the top. Who do you like? We saw the media poll that came out last week. Baylor, Oklahoma, many peoples, but feels like this is a conference. If you like a dark horse, this could certainly be the year. Who's your top team coming into 2022? Right now, I've got Oklahoma and Baylor at one and two. I've got Oklahoma number one, Baylor number two. Um I think, for me, Oklahoma was the safe bet. Uh, you know, I've been doing this poll for the last five or six years. I've been putting Oklahoma at the top every single year. <laughs> this was probably the one year where I just went back and forth probably about 100 different times on just my list. And not only just with the number one team, I mean, one through seven for me was probably the toughest I've ever had to do because you can make a case for like seven or eight teams in this conference to win this year. Um, I went with Oklahoma, the safe bet. Um Still some questions about Dylan Gabriel, at quarterback. I love the addition of Jeff Levy as their offensive coordinator. Brent Venables should, should turn things around on the defensive side of the ball for them. 
I'm excited. I think Oklahoma probably in the starting 22 probably has the most talent. I have question marks about their depth, but when it comes to talent, I think they're still probably at the top of the conference. And I think Baylor's right there as well with Blake Shapen at quarterback. Dave Aranda been doing a great job there. Uh, they lost a few key pieces in that defense, but I'm really looking forward to where they're going to be really good is in the trenches uh, for Baylor. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to play out. But those are probably my top two teams, and I think they're going to be meeting in Arlington. Uh, come December. Interesting. Where do, where do you see Iowa State? Of course, um, no Breeze Hall, uh, no um, um, no Brock Purdy, no lose two line. Well, they lose a bunch. Where do you see Iowa State? I have them in the five or six spot. I put them at number six, uh, right behind Texas at five. Um, you can definitely make a case. I could see them go as high as four. I don't know if I could put them as any higher than four in my preseason poll. I put them at six. Oh, you're right. There's just so much to replace for me. A lot of key guys. I like some of the guys they got coming back, but you know, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, those are the guys have been faces of that offense for the last three years. And it's just it's not something that's easily replaceable, but you look back on it, um, obviously it was a disappointing season at seven and five. Hunter Deckers is a quarterback I really like. He's a dual threat. He's got to me he's got a bigger arm than Brock Purdy. Uh so I'm really looking forward to see what he can do. I- I'm a big fan of his, so I think I think he's, you know, might have some, you know, moments here and there where it may not look so pretty. But think about it. he's going to be starting his first college game here in a couple months. So I'm interested in who they can do. Brees Hall is another guy. I'm not really sure how he replaced him. Uh, the good news is Hunter Decker is going to have two fantastic targets, Xavier Hutchinson and Jalen Knoll. Mm-hmm. I think those are maybe one of the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the entire conference. So I'm really looking forward to see what they can do up front. I think they should be better as well uh, offensively. So. I'm excited to see what they can do defensively. Uh, Will McDonald's a guy I feel like nobody's really talking about anymore because everybody wants to talk about the guy from Kansas State. I had Will McDonald's my preseason Big 12 player of the year last year. I didn't put him down this year, but I definitely think he's a guy that could possibly lead the conference in sacks this year. Uh, you know, in that secondary, Miles Purchase, TJ Tampa, Anthony Johnson, I think they got a great secondary coming back. So I'm really interested to see what they can do this season. Uh, but Iowa State, I'd probably say probably middle of the pack team right now. So every year, year feels like we kind of identify our sleeper. Ken's got his already. He's loving West Virginia. He's buying JT Daniels. I'm not ready to go there. I'm looking at Kansas State. I'm looking at TCU. I'm looking at somebody purple this year. But who's the dark horse? Who's that middle tier, tier team that you're liking the most this year? I'm kind of agreeing with Ken there. I like West Virginia. They're kind of interesting team to me. Um, I, I picked them at seven. Uh, obviously, I, I'm not really sold on them 100%, mm-hmm. but I look at them and Kansas State as two really good dark horse teams. You mentioned JT Daniels. The good thing for West Virginia is their entire offensive line comes back. Sam James comes back at wide receiver. Bryce Ford Wheaton comes back at wide receiver. That offense, if JT Daniels can get things going for them, and then don't forget they have Graham Harrell as their new offensive coordinator as well. So I'm really looking forward to that offense and making big changes because I feel like with them, Jared Dagey was a guy that, kind of kept them stuck in the mud for the last two or three years. So if JT Daniels can stay healthy, I think that's going to be a big key for them. Uh, I'm excited to see what West Virginia can do defensively. They have some questions. And then Kansas State, um, for me, Deuce Vaughn is probably one of the best running backs in the entire uh, country, for that matter. Um, They have a good defense. I like their offensive pieces. The big key for them, same thing with West Virginia, Adrian Martinez. We've seen him a ton at Nebraska. Mm -hmm. He's had some good moments. He's had some really bad moments. Yep. What Adrian Martinez is going to show up week in and week out, I don't know if I'm going to buy the consistency of Kansas State or West Virginia, but definitely if you're looking for a team maybe outside that top five that could sneak in 
to the Arlington by the end of the year. I think those are really two candidates for that. Yeah, Adrian Martinez, you're right. Consistency has not been uh, his strength, but boy, he's a tough SOB. I, I got to give him that. Is this the year that Kansas? I love the Leopold hired. I do, and I thought it was he was the right guy. Look, he's got a a huge hill to climb, right, to get back to even respectability. Does he take a step? Does this program take a step forward this year? And if so, what does that look like? You know, it's it's going to be hard to, for me to put it in in terms of wins and losses because I think Lance Leopold's making all the right moves. Uh, I'm excited to get to talk to him uh, this week as well. For me, I think the biggest thing, they, they showed some definite flashes last season. When I look back at the Oklahoma game, I mean, they were right. They were literally a drive away from winning that game uh, at home. Uh, obviously, they, we know we all know what they did against Texas down in Austin. They were able to knock off the Longhorns. So they took some huge steps in year one. I, I don't know if I'm going to see them necessarily get to a bowl game here in year two, uh-huh. but I want to see them just be more consistent and more competitive in some of these games because you look at the big games that they played, yeah, they were right in there. But then you look at some of the other games, and they were kind of just never in it to begin with. Um, Jalen Daniels is back for them at quarterback. Devin Neal at running back, I think that's a solid duo up there. Um, they have a, pretty much their whole offensive line returns. I think they have some question marks at skill position. Defensively, I think that's probably their biggest weakness because they're really, they were just so bad last year. It, it's going to be hard for me to say they're going to keep that. That defense is going to be able to hold up again this year. So for me, I have a ton of question marks to get for Kansas. But at the same time, I think they are going to be more competitive. I don't think they're going to be that easy out this year that everybody has been to do over the last, what, 10 years now? Yeah. But they're definitely going to be a tougher program under Lance, but I would still probably play the waiting game. I'd say, you know, give it another few years before we can probably take them really seriously. Yeah. Year two for Sark at Texas, and with it, a new quarterback with Quinn Ewers. Obviously, a lot of buzz as he went to Ohio State as during what should have been his final year of high school. Now he's at Texas back home. What are your thoughts on the Longhorns, and what kind of leap do you anticipate, if any, in year two after five and seven year one? Mm. Well, I've I've got them smack dab in the middle here at number five on my preseason poll. So I'm pretty kind of indifferent, I guess, on the Longhorns. I'm not necessarily buying stock, and I'm not necessarily selling it either. Um, you know, for me, that offense is going to revolve around Bazaar Robinson. He's yep. my Big 12 uh, player of the year on offense. Uh, I think he's probably the best running back in the entire country. The big key for them is going to be stay healthy. Um, their offensive line last year was just decimated. So I think while adding Quinn Ewers is great, we still he still hasn't taken a meaningful college snap. The offensive line has questions, so for me that's not a good combination to begin with uh, for year two. I do like Xavier Worthy at wide receiver. He's an electric player, as a true freshman. I think uh, the sky's the limit for that kid defensively. You know, kind of like Kansas, they weren't really good at all last year on defense, so they're going to have to put up a lot of points on offense. And I think, like I said, it's going to revolve around Bajon Robinson. But Quinn Ewers, a new quarterback, a new offensive line, kind of coming in. I've got a ton of questions about Texas. I am definitely not one to say Texas is back uh, this year. You know, maybe maybe year two under Quinn Ewers maybe looks a little bit different, but right now I can't see a reason really to buy into the stock that many people you know always do every year. Preseason Defensive Player of the Year for you was who? Uh, Felix Anduke uh, Uzama, or I just call him King Felix because it's so much easier uh, from Kansas State, the defensive end. How about Ika? I really like him in the middle of that Baylor line. Boy, he he pops off the TV screen. That's a guy, you know, we came in from LSU, uh, played a hand in that uh, national championship team back in 2019. He's been a rock for them, but he's a defensive tackle. Uh, You don't see defensive tackles get many sacks. I believe he had like five sacks last year. 
So it's crazy to think about. And then now he's coming back. He's going to be even better than he was last year probably. So definitely going to be a guy to watch out for. And I think, you know, Baylor on both sides of the ball, their offensive line, they've got two all-Big 12 uh, returners on their offensive line as well. So in the trenches, Baylor's going to be a really, really good team. And I think that's why they're going to be so high, high up on my list as well. Full circle away from the football field, we will hear publicly for the first time from Brett Yormark. What are the questions, you guys, and the guys at Heartland College Sports, what are you looking to get answers to coming up later this week? Well, obviously, it's going to be a good chance to kind of get to know who he is so far behind closed doors. You've heard about his aggressiveness, and I think that's exactly what this conference needs uh, for a long time. I said for, you know, I've said many times on public record, you know, I think the Big 12 needs to be you know, proactive instead of reactive. I think too many times this conference mm-hmm. has just played the waiting game. They have not taken advantage of opportunities. So I'm curious to see what, kind of what, what Brett's going to be like in, that, in those kind of settings. I don't know how much we're going to get from a media standpoint, obviously, because uh, he's going to do all of his work behind closed doors, obviously. But really just kind of getting to know him, I think all the questions we're going to have are obviously going to revolve around the future of the conference, realignment, uh, adding these, you know, Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, whoever it may be. You know, I don't know if we're going to get any answers, but it, it's going to be good to hear from him the first time, see what he has to say, his opening statement, and see kind of who he is as a person, I guess you would say. Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports. Derek, great uh, hit with us here. Too. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk to you during the season and read you at Heartland College Sports along with you and the rest of the crew who covers the uh, uh, Big 12 from soup to nuts. Well done, Derek. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, guys. Good to talk to you. Derek Duke, Heartland College Sports, as we get the latest on the Big 12. There's some dudes in this conference. Oh, absolutely. Not the quarterbacks we're normally that's used to. That, that's true. That's a great point. Spencer Sanders, is he... He would be the... Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel. Your boy JT Daniels? Yeah. Are you a real believer in him? In West Virginia or in JT Daniels? In JT Daniels. I... No. Okay. Look, I'm not saying (laughs) that... Is that a rigging endorsement? I think they've got... If he's okay... Mm Mm-hmm. If he's not a liability, and I don't think he will. He's been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But a lot of big name schools thought that this is their guy. Um I, I'm not saying they're going to they're not going to Dallas. Yeah. But they might finish third, fourth, fifth. That, and you said yesterday, what did you see? The conference six and three, yeah. and then a whole bunch of five and four. I mean the, the the word of the year in the Big Twelve is parody. Absolutely. Baylor and Oklahoma at six and three from Athlon, Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and West Virginia all at five and four. Yeah. Five-way tie for third. Bananas. It It's a real possibility. Hunter Deckers, is he a top-five quarterback this year? Trent, what if he is? Is he a top-three quarterback this what year? What if he is? Look, I get it. You, if, we've heard this for so long from yes. Cyclone fans that it goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. What if this is the year that they're right about one? And I hear that from so many people. There are so many people raving about this cat. But don't we do this every summer? But that's what I mean. That's oh, yeah. why you can't. But he at least we saw him play a little bit. He's got a big arm. He's a big kid. He's slimmed down. And the rumor I heard yesterday is he's going to be a one and done It's not the it's the SEC. Yeah. But the quarterback room yeah. at Iowa State going forward—that's a little salty. When you add when, when you add Cole and the, and the three that are there now, Cooks kid and uh, Rocco Brecht and uh, and Deckers next year. Yikes! Speaking of uh, quarterbacks, we talked about JJ Cole and his commitment and what he did at the Elite Eleven. 
Did you see Jackson Smolik, the quarterback from Dowling Catholic, what he did? No. So he was a late invitee to a late 11. He was not one of the guys that was initially on the list, mm-hmm. but a kid pulled out. I don't know if he had an injury or just had something else going on that he wasn't able to make it. But Jackson Smolik got the call. So he went down there. He's committed to Tulane. Pretty good landing spot, right? Yeah. Guy that was injured earlier. You wanted to go to school there. I absolutely did. And then I saw <laughs> I was not getting a scholarship right. out of price tuition through a little wrench into that. He played incredibly well. Jackson Smolik's not a huge guy. He's like 6'1". Okay. Move around a little bit. But all of a sudden after his performance, he's hearing from Auburn and LSU really? and Penn State Good for and him. Virginia Tech. All of a sudden, that Tulane commitment might They've go a little different. They've got some competition, do they? <laughs> and if you are... Iowa State's got their dude, and Cole played great. Mm-hmm. But Iowa's got the kid from the East Coast. Are they second-guessing themselves mm. a little bit? Get a kid in your own backyard. Yeah. A program that... You have a very good relationship. Sure. Tom Wilson and Kirk Ferentz, they are tight. And all of a sudden, you have this kid right in your backyard, and your rival Penn State is looking at him, and LSU, and Auburn. And he just showed out on a big stage. And you're going to let him go. Not only that, the quarterback they have committed, he has dropped in the rankings. I know they don't care about what 24 7 rivals. What is it? Says. Le- How do you say his name? Le- Le- Leonel. Like Patrick Line. Not that. like, no, but it's kind of like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, at least, I, I, it's a question that we'll probably never get an answer unless an offer comes. Yeah. And if that happens, look, if you're going to offer an in-state kid, you have to know he's going to commit. Because in the quarterback recruiting world, it's so different than any other position. Because pretty much everybody brings in one every single year. It's something to think about. But Jackson Smolik, great work out of him as he... Lit it up along with J.J. Cole at Elite 11. Great stuff. Time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO right now, and you can enter this nationwide contest uh, by entering the keyword cash. Cash at KXNO.com. The pop-up box will appear. Enter the keyword cash. Your chance to win $1,000. David Kaplan is next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. And in certain states. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a Renner's market. Especially when you hire Renner's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Renterswarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429 for details. 
Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you and your iHeartMedia. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. iHeartRadio. Local farmer's markets are back in 2022 in your community. Spend your lunch hour outside this summer shopping the Capitol Complex Farmer's Market. Vendors will be selling locally grown vegetables, herbs, plants, berries, and eggs, as well as baked goods, baskets, and more. Visit from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tuesdays through September 27th at the Capitol Complex. For more information on this Greater Des Moines event and others, visit CatchDesMoines.com. This Farmer's Market PSA is brought to you by NCMICClub.com. Normally on Wednesday, but uh, tomorrow Matt Rudy will be joining us live at this time from St. Andrews. Cappy, flexible enough and uh, good enough to uh, switch spots here this week. Cap Trend, Ken, thanks for doing that, first of all. Secondly, how are you? I am good. I'm better now that I get past my COVID battle. Holy bleep. Yeah, that was no fun. Yeah, a couple of people have reached out and talked to me about that. Didn't realize that, uh, you know, even though everybody's got a lot of everybody, a lot of people have those shots in their arms, it can still uh, really affect you, and it certainly did to you. Because um, you're a oh, you're get-up-and-go you know guy. What? Oh, my God. I mean, like, today is one of the first days I feel, I'm not 100%, but I'm probably 85, 90, which is way better than I was. I mean... My wife said she's never seen me nap, and I mean, it was, it's, you can't believe it. I kept going, yeah, whatever, until I got it. It is whatever. It sucks. Well, you're past it, and we're glad that uh, that it is behind you. What we're, What's not behind us is these White Sox continuing, Cap, to take maybe one little step forward and then a couple of steps backwards. Uh, I, I can't figure this team out. I keep waiting for this run that they're good enough to go on, and yet for whatever reason, they just can't They they can't get going. What's behind this? Well, um, Bob Nightingale was on TV with me yesterday, and he says he had players in Major League Baseball, not Sources in the White Sox, players in the sport who said other players on the team have told them that there's no player leadership in the clubhouse. It's not Tony. It's not Rick. It's no player leadership. 
Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have issues with decisions that have been made, whether that's front office or manager or coaches, but that it's kind of a cliquish locker room. Now, when I hear that, first of all, every locker room that I've ever been a part of, every locker room that I've ever covered, they are there are cliques. Like in a baseball locker room, I covered the Cubs for 25 years. You would have three guys that were what they were called on the God Squad. They're born again, or they're super religious. Those dudes are over there. You've got six from Latin America who do not speak hardly, if at all, any English. Those dudes kind of hang over there. We've got the hunting guys. They go hunting. They like to drink their beer, put their chew of tobacco in. Those I'm in that hang group. out over there. <laughs> yeah. That's it doesn't mean that they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. They just choose to hang with people that they have stuff in common with. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that they need to make a change at manager? It doesn't. I do think we're not – you followed the Cardinals, so does Trent. Tony Lewis is not the same guy he was as the Cardinal Absolutely. manager. Yep. So none of us are the same guy 10 years later. Like if I quit today and then 10 years from now – Somebody brought me back to do a radio show. I'm not going to be the same guy. I'm 10 years older. I've been removed from it. But I'm just not seeing the fiery, feisty, not going to tolerate mental mistakes that happen on a daily basis. Last night, 26 of 33 plate appearances, five pitches or less. Mm. 21 of 33, three pitches or less. Mm. When did Tony La Russa and the Cardinals ever have an approach like that at the plate? Never happened. That just wasn't what it was, and yeah, some guys maybe going through the motions. Well, one guy certainly that has not been the case for this year is Dylan Cease, but he's not an all-star. Maybe one of the biggest snubs out there. Snub gets thrown around, I think, a little too often, but boy, looking at the numbers of Cease and watching him so many times this year, this was a surprise. I certainly thought he was going to be an all-star. I did, too. I mean, Ozzie Gian's kids who have a Twitter site called Gian Baseball, they listed his ranks in the American League in all these different pitching categories. Strikeouts, second. Opponents batting average, fifth. Strikeout to walk percentage, second. I mean, this dude deserves to be there, but he is being you know, smeared by White Sox stink mm. because the team is so disappointing. He's not getting what I think is a very deserving opportunity pitch in the all-star game the other thing is he's scheduled to pitch on sunday and the rules say you pitch on sunday you're not allowed to pitch in the all-star game now if there was a rain out and they chose to skip his turn okay maybe he's pitching today then he goes again on sunday maybe that would change things but how about announcing him hey dylan cease you're an Mm all-star You're not going to be able to pitch, so we're going to fill your spot with someone else. You're welcome to join us for the festivities, but you're not going to be in the game. They didn't say that. They just didn't select him. I thought that was patently unfair. Cap, we looked at this stretch of the schedule from the 4th of July through the uh, through the uh, All-Star break and all those games in the Central Division. Here's a chance for this team to really get going. Well, as we've discussed, it hasn't been going. And one of those teams that was uh, in uh, Chicago last weekend was the was the Tigers. And, of course, Javi Baez on that roster. You had him on the TV show. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see Unfiltered. What was Baez like? What did he have to say? Does uh, Did he think... Uh, was he disappointed that he didn't get to finish as a Cub? 
Uh, he said, I loved it here. It's business. I get it. He said we were so close to getting a deal done, and then the pandemic hit and everything got pulled. Now, my question to him, he didn't really address it, was why didn't it get done a year earlier? Why did we wait you know, until 2020? But he was making great money going through arbitration, and he waited and waited, and all of a sudden, a pandemic hit that, other than Bill Gates, I've never heard anyone that predicted we were going to get slammed with a pandemic. So it's just, it is what it is. He said that when Rizzo got traded, this is what he told me on TV, he said they were all on the bus to the airport. He said we're in the parking lot at Wrigley, and Rizzo gets called back to the clubhouse, and we know, oh, God, mm. Rizzo got traded. He said we all got off the bus so we could pay respect to our leader. And he said that when we saw Rizzo got traded, we went, okay, now this this blank is real. This is for real. They are, it's all about business. Not what you've done for us. It's what business is uh, best for us. And they traded Rizzo. A little while later, Javi got traded. They got to San Francisco, or to San Diego, and Chris Bryant got traded. Mm. So it is what it is, man. Speaking of trades, we've talked a lot about Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras and those kind of guys. A guy that is kind of a flyer piece, a fill-in, a fourth outfielder, if there is a trade. Rafael Ortega. Cap, I'm sure you saw his comments where he said he was not just playing for my team, he's playing for the 29 other teams. I know that rankled some people, but I liked his candor. I I liked the the nature of what he was saying there. A guy that's 31 years old, probably maybe his last go-around, and a chance to stick at the major league level. Your takeaway from Ortega in those in those comments? I had no issues with it. He's right. That guy's not on a long term contract. Now, if you told me that Zach Levine came out in December and said, <laughs> right. "Yeah, I'm playing for my team and <laughs> yep. the twenty nine others," okay, you just signed for five years here to be our franchise guy. That's different. Rafael Ortega is older. He's not a rookie. What is he, 30 years old? 31. He's 31. He's trying to hang in the big leagues. He's never had a payday. Like, if, if his career ended today, that dude has to go get a job like the rest of us and work. He hadn't made enough money off of baseball. Absolutely not. So I got no problem with that. If he gets traded or if he says, I'm a free agent, I'm just gonna I'm going to get the best deal for me and my family, Good for him. I have no problem with it. Mm. Cap, a guy you interviewed, and a guy I know that uh, you think a great deal of, uh, Ian Happ, um, being named an all-star and just uh, how it, uh, I mean, he broke down a very emotional for what he, you know, the... um, what he had to go through to get to, A, his position uh, on the roster to keep it after being told that uh, this time last year that, yeah, you're coming off the bench a couple of years before that. He's back down here in Des Moines uh, not knowing how it's going to go. Finds his place in the All-Star game, uh, which is a great story that he did. Is he now seemingly capping his final couple of weeks as a Cub? I hope not. I was uh, in a golf event with Ian yesterday. We had a long talk. He would retire as a Cub. He would sign right now, I'm playing the rest of my career with the Cubs. He understands it's a business, and he said that to me. But he said, do you know how hard I worked? And I got sent back to the minors and everyone who drove me to practices and coaches that worked with me and friends that supported me and my fiance who's been, you know, 
with me when I strike out, with me when I hit a home run. And now I'm going to be a, forever on my resume. I'm an all-star. Mm. He said, yeah, you're damn right it was emotional. He said he told David Ross in the office, Ross, he said, all right, I, I don't know if you're going to make this, but I got a good feeling you got a shot here. Um, I, I'll tell you in front of the team. He said, no, 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 please don't do that because I will cry. <laughs> Just can we do it privately, Ross? He said, okay. He said as soon as he walked out, he turned to one of the coaches and goes, we're absolutely doing it in front of the team. <laughs> and sure enough, he gets the news. He tells Ian in front of the team, and they go crazy, and Ian starts crying. And he said, all the years I dreamed of being a Major League Baseball player, then I dreamed, can I ever be an all-star? He said, I'm going to the all-star game. I'm going to walk in that room, and there's going to be, you know, all the different names in the two locker rooms, from Mike Trout to Shohei Otani to this guy to that guy to me. He said, that's amazing. I think that's really cool that do someone too. care that much. I saw a tweet, and I couldn't find it, but uh, it was talking about the amount of money that has been bet on NFL Super Bowl futures. And every team in the NFL but two, I think it was at Caesars, had over X amount of money except for the Houston Texans. And the Chicago Bears. Oh, really? Not many people want to invest their money in the Bears this season. Bourbon A training camp right around the corner. How's the summer buzz been in Chicagoland getting ready for this Bears season? You have the few stragglers out there, like the guy that tweeted at me today, how come you guys are so negative on the Bears? (laughs) They actually are going to be really good this year. And I'm thinking, sir, my brother's an eye surgeon. You probably (laughs) need to call for an appointment. Because if you think that team's going to be good, you're out of your mind. And again, it's not us being negative. It's not. This is the lane they picked when they got rid of Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson and all these different guys, James Daniels. That offensive line could use James Daniels. They let him walk. They chose not to trade up to get into the first round to get an impact guy. They're rebuilding. That's fine. That's what it is. Now, a year from now, if they have the bad season we all think they're going to have, they should be picking in the top 10, and they should have over $100 million in cap space. Mm. 2023 cap. Bears should be much better. Cap, you, you you tweeted something along these lines. We'll let you go on this. Just all the rebuilds taking place, right? The Bears, the Cubs are about to gut it at the All-Star break. I've never seen anything like what the Blackhawks are doing. They are taking that right down to the foundation. And speaking of the foundation, the foundation is Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. You said before that maybe Taves retires. Uh, but, Cap, this, this Blackhawks team... That was the the talk of the league uh, when the uh, we t- t- turned from the aughts into the teens is is about to be a, a last place hockey club. There's no other way of getting around it. Where do Kane? What happens to Kane and Taves? I'm hearing today that Kane is going to tell the Blackhawks he's putting in a formal request to be traded. Now I'm not reporting that. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that happens. But if Patrick Kane wants out, I can't blame him. What is he, 34 turning 35? We share the same birthday, November 19th. Why would Patrick Kane want to play from age almost 35 until age 40 on a five-year extension on a team that has zero chance of going to the playoffs? Why? The tank is on uh, at the United Center for the Blackhawks, no doubt. Cap, great stuff. 
what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Cubs are rebuilding. Uh, the Bears are going to have a bad year, and it is going to be dreadful if you're a Blackhawks fan. Cap, thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. We sure appreciate it, Cap. Thank you. Look forward to it. Have a great day. See you, buddy. David Kaplan uh, joining us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, centurionstoneofiowa.com. If you're in the market for a project, whether it's outside, inside, involves you know, stone finish. Uh, they've got so many different patterns, color combinations. Check them out, centurionstoneofiowa.com. We'll take a timeout. Trent's play of the day is next. Circus Sports sponsors. It's Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, grills for that family barbecue, and a one-stop shop for all your lawn and garden needs. Plus, their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at KempkersTrueValue.com. That's Kempkers True Value. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for podcasting. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50 tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. For details. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent's Play of the Day momentarily. Again, uh, if you get an opportunity, set your... DVR, not your VCR, right, your yes. DVR. My age is showing. Give me a break, it's would you all please? Right. Uh, to to uh, ESPN tonight at six o'clock. The great imposter, the Barry Bremen story. Uh, it's a crazy story, it really is. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it debuts tonight on ESPN at six o'clock. But you can't bet on that. No, you can't. But there's games that you can. I got three games that I am enjoying. How did you do yesterday, by the way? Two and one. They'll and take remember, it. they were all underdogs. So instead oh, good of ones. yeah, that was a a good profitable day. That two and one, one point seven two units up, as opposed to just being one. Which unit, uh, which part game, nine? Which game didn't you win? Uh, what one was it? Oh, it was the Detroit, the afternoon oh, that's baseball right. game said, that I told yep, myself yep. I wasn't going to bet, and what did I Pineda. do? Pineda. You love Pineda. Well, they lost 3-1. Pineda pitched well. Uh-huh. Offense couldn't get anything going. Three uh, tonight. Let's do it tonight. One dog. How are the Orioles an underdog against the Cubs? <laughs> I, I, pitching matchup. Lyle's been okay. Plus 113. Yes, please. <laughs> Give me mm-hmm. the Orioles uh, with my first one. This one's a coin flip. Another one that doesn't make a lot of sex, sense. Flexen has been good for Seattle. Against the Nationals. Minus 102 with Seattle. 
It's on the road, okay. But Seattle's actually got a pulse. Absolutely. Happy about that one. We're playing hot teams here with Seattle and Baltimore. And we'll finish it up. Syndergaard, Syndergaard on the bump for the Angels against Houston. I'm going to take Houston. It's minus 120. Mm-hmm. like the price here. Syndergaard has been pretty inconsistent. And I've made my first few plays for the British. Oh, have you? And again, shop around. Yeah. Rory right now, he is 8, 9, 10 to 1, depending on where you're shopping. Unless you go to Circa. Right now, right now, because I just bet it, he is plus 11.75. Look at the difference in prices. John Rahm at Circa, he is 19 to 1. At another competitor, he is 15 to 1. Hmm. If you're going to bet golf this week, if you're just a major player like Ken is, bet at Circa. You, the lowest theoretical hold. This is not just a selling point. This no. is just not, it is your money. You want to make more of it, you want to have a chance. Circa is the place for well, golf, and it's not and close. if you don't believe us, open up your apps and That's compare. all you have to do. Right. Look at them. Look at the difference in prices. All right, Murph and Andy coming up in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics, Ross Peterson and company at three. A Cyclone Insider tonight. They're all in Dallas. I'm guessing they'll be on the air. We shall see. Uh, we're Miller and Conninger. Trent and I weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.